Greetings, I'm Allegra Kakachi Shortle, host of the Forest Bath Podcast. My aim is to explore the medicine and healing that comes by coming in closer relation to the earth. Through stories and conversations with herbalists, farmers, homesteaders and gardeners, healers and land stewards, slow living daydreamers and other earthwise and mindful folk, we celebrate togetherness while coming into closer relation and reciprocity with our plant and mushroom elders and friends. Which brings us to the second annual Maine Fungi Fest. It was an exhilarating weekend, a time to commune and connect, a melding of brilliant minds and creatives of fellow herbalists, mycologists, mushroom cultivators, psychedelic scholars, integrative practitioners, veterans, artists, energy workers, and healers, and more just all came together under one roof to nurture their passion for the expansion of consciousness and share with the collective. I had the honor and privilege of being there in collaboration with Permators. If any of the topics from these conversations interest you, I highly implore you to head over to Permators X Fungi Fest YouTube page, where you can actually watch all of the interviews we conducted over the weekend. Check out the folks who we spoke to and their respective realms. Before we start, I want to give a moment of gratitude again at the team at Permatours for being so amazing and open to this opportunity. These guys are really amazing. Bringing actionable crews together and aid Earth-centric living centers and businesses in an effort to learn, expand, and co-create an interconnected future for all. If you like what you hear, swing by the Forest Bath podcast, take a listen to my latest episode. I hope you enjoy our collaboration and take this opportunity to relish in the rich community here in Maine. Please give a big welcome to Dr. Christopher Hobbs, who is a fourth generation internationally renowned herbalist, a licensed acupuncturist, an author, clinician, botanist, and mycologist. Welcome, Christopher, to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Dr. Christopher Hobbs, a mycologist, herbalist, acupuncturist, scientist, and writer, speaker, a dad. How did you get to Fungi Fest? Well, just this conference. And also, I have a friend up in northern Vermont, Rosemary Gladstar, so I've been hanging out with her and and right on the lake Champlain, it was so gorgeous, except for the black flies, of course. <laughs> I did my keynote talk last night, and uh, just on generally on the health benefits of mushrooms. And today I've got a talk on reishi, and tomorrow on cordyceps. Why fungi? Well, uh, my grandmother and great-grandmother were herbalists, and my dad was a professor of botany, and his dad was a professor of botany, so I pretty much got a lot of... Uh, you know, it's in the bloodline, so it's kind of a lineage of, of naturalists, and, and uh, I've always been interested in plants. My dad was mainly a botanist. He didn't know much about mushrooms, but, but uh, then in about 1978, I think, or 77, I was living up in Portland, and I, um, I just was starting to get a little interested in mushrooms. I didn't know too much about them. Uh, again, I'm an herbalist. I'm a plant person. Uh, but but then a friend of mine said, well, there's a mushroom conference going on up in Del Bay, which is Orcas Island. Do you want to go? And I said, sure. And I didn't, again, I didn't know anything about it. I was just 
be interested in vaguely in mushrooms. And so I went up there, and that was one of the first conferences that Paul Stamets organized. And there are all these incredible mushroom people there, and you know, uh, Guzman, who is the world's leading authority on psilocybin, and Alexander Smith, who was, wrote a lot of the field guides at the time in the 1970s. Uh, and those were the only guides, really, that were out there nationally. So he was there, and there were just all these incredible people there, mushroom people. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, this is my tribe, sure. This, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really. And then I just got so jazzed up on finding some edibles, and you know, and we, he, uh, Guzman, even found a psilocybin mushroom. So, I was pretty jazzed. And then, that same year, really, um, <clears throat> just by serendipity, I was living over near the Oregon coast, and a friend of mine. This is after the conference. A friend of mine heard that there were psilocybin mushrooms coming up in cow fields over in, on Oregon coast, so, so we thought, well, let's go over there and check it out. So we went over there, and sure enough, we were picking bags and bags of psilocybin mushrooms. So yeah, that was, so at one point, I microdosed for literally nine months straight, every day for nine months. <coughs> but somewhere between a microdose and a macrodose. Mm. And um, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a major eye-opener, I'll tell you. I had kind of a spiritual awakening the following year, and then uh, I started um, doing a lot of meditation and, and yoga, and, and then, um, I, just, then I, I went to the Polarity Institute and got trained in polarity and therapy, and on, on also on Orcas Island, and, and decided that I wanted to be involved in, in healing at work, and that was going to be my life's work, because yeah. before that I was doing other things. And, and uh, so that was, yeah, a major turning point of my life, really, one of them. And uh, ever since then, you know, psilocybin has been such a great ally and, and, uh, and guide for me, and, and uh, even today, you know, I microdose pretty regularly, and I I do a seven-part series on, on psilocybin on the SHIFT network, S-H-I-F-T, and I'll be doing, this is my second one, it's a seven-part series, an hour and a half each week, uh, and then a Q&A, so it's, it turns out to be a really great um, uh, opportunity for just to get in, in community, people that are interested in psilocybin and psychedelic uh, tr um, you know, healing and medicine and ceremony. And uh, so we do, I do a lot on the, on the course, it's a seven-week course, and, and it's a really a deep dive about how it affects our brain and nervous system, uh, and even at a microdose level where we can't really experience it or feel it, it's still having a beneficial effect on your mind, your neuroplasticity, <coughs> your brain immune system called the glial cells, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and so yeah, I really think it, it has an anti-brain-aging effect and, and it increases the, the, um, just the, really the flexibility of your mind and the openness of your mind. So it is a way to open and to be more mindful if you have a mindfulness practice, for instance. Uh, at, and even a low dose, like 150 milligrams, that, that small dose of dried mushroom, up to about 250 or 3 or 350, in that range right there, you. Uh, some people wouldn't really notice that, you know, like it, it isn't experiential so much, but it is having a beneficial effect anyway. Right. And then when you get up around 400 or 500 milligrams, then yeah, it's going to start having a noticeable effect. And then one gram is known as a 
museum dose because you can it really does have a wow factor and you're and you can go to a museum you can watch look at the art you can go to a concert and you can still deal with people being around people so that's that's kind of the limit there is one gram and then when you get up higher then of course that's when you're getting into therapeutic doses mm -hmm. and I really recommend having someone to hold a space for you mm -hmm. especially if it's your first time or if you're not too familiar with the effects or even a trained facilitator if you have pre-existing psychological imbalances or right. like depression, anxiety, addiction, those types of things, early trauma, all of those things, it's best to have a facilitator. And now Oregon is training facilitators legally. And so that's pretty exciting. And I hear Maine is you know, on the cusp of, of something that might happen here. So that would be really great. And Colorado and California is kind of at the doorstep now too. Uh, Oakland and Santa Cruz both have decriminalized. So you can actually buy um, psychedelic mushrooms over the counter in Oakland, California. You just join the church, the Zydor Church, and you can go in and, and if you're a church member and you can go into the counter and you can buy all these different um, you know, cultivars. By the way, in my book, which is Medicinal Mushrooms, The Essential Guide, just came out a year ago, uh, I tell how to make the liquid step by step. And I also review all the clinical trials on, on psilocybin uh, that have been performed so far. So if you really are interested in the science behind what they're discovering, how it works in the brain, on the serotonin, and I cover all the other medicinal mushrooms as well, lion's mane, chaga, and so forth. Yeah. And you can read the clinical trials, or you can read the book, the historical uses, or you can learn how to use them and, and what, what are the best uses. What is something you'd like people to know about fungi or in your respective field? Is there something you'd like to clear the air on? Well, when it comes to um, picking fruiting bodies uh, in the wild, like turkey tails or reishi, <clears throat> that's always good. I always encourage that, but just make sure you know what you're picking because there are a few really poisonous ones. Make sure that you know what you're picking. All polypore mushrooms are safe. Uh, so you don't have to worry about those really. There's only one toxic polypore, which is a mushroom that's kind of hard, growing on decaying trees, might have a stalk, it might not. Uh, but the tender nesting polypore is the only toxic polypore. All the rest of them, like reishi, turkey tail, and all the ones that look like those are all safe to eat and to extract. And you can make powders, uh, you can make tea extract powders, you can make a double extraction. I don't re recommend tincturing because the active compounds, the beta-glucans, are not alcohol-soluble. Mm. So make sure you do a double extraction, or better yet, just cook the whole fruiting body, uh, uh, pre preferably in a pressure cooker. And then uh, once it's cooked and cooled down, then you blend that up, pour it in your fruit leather trays, make a wafer, and then powder that to a fine powder in a coffee grinder. I detail and show pictures on how to make your tea extracts in the book. Uh, so, so if you can pick your own, so much the better, that's great. But if you can't find them or you don't want to go out and pick your own, there are a lot of products out there. You can also buy dried fruiting bodies and make your own tea powder. That's another way to go. Shiitake is medicinal. Maitake, oyster mushrooms, those are all medicinal too. So they're medicinal foods and you're getting the prebiotic fiber. Mushrooms have the very best prebiotic fiber to diversify your microflora and to encourage the, the most positive species associated with health. Uh, and so 
that's one of the biggest stories about the health benefits of mushrooms is the prebiotic fiber mm. because we all need more fiber in our diet. The average person gets in, in North America and in Europe get only 15 grams of fiber per day. The government recommends 25. Oh, wow. And if you have a traditional diet, you're going to literally get about 50 to 60 grams of fiber in your diet per day. That means you're not eating a whole lot of ultra-processed foods. You're just getting a whole foods plant-based or mushroom-based diet. And remember that animal foods have zero fiber as well. So whether it's yogurt or butter or cheese, uh, beef, meat, fish, none of those have any fiber. And so you're better off increasing your fiber. If you like meat and animal products, just be moderate. I'm not saying don't eat them. I'm just saying be really moderate and try to get as much fiber. If you can increase your fiber, you can cut your risk of chronic diseases like diabetes, heart disease in half, literally. Yeah. And mushrooms have the very best prebiotic fiber because the um, cell wall components are complex carbohydrates that are highly branched and large, and we cannot digest them up here. Zero digestion up here. So they get down in your colon and they get fermented by your microflora. If you could be a fungi or a plant, what would you be and why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be a reishi probably or yeah. a, or a um, psilocybin mushroom because uh, I like changing people's consciousness. What would you attribute your passion for fungi to? You know, if you are called by the plants, because Rosemary always says, we're, you know, we don't decide. We're called by the plants or the, by the mushrooms. So if you spend time outside, you might suddenly go, oh yeah, yeah, this is really drawing me. And so you start getting into it. But you, you know, you could be a wild crafter, you could be a grower, you could make products, you could be a practitioner, and, and really you like working with people. You could work with psilocybin and be a facilitator. You could work with, with a, herb, a whole variety of herbs. Um, as a lay herbalist, like in California, we have a health freedom law. So you can set up a shingle as long as you inform your clients or your patients exactly what your background is, what you can do, what your training is, and that you're not curing disease, that you're aiding the body in, in curing. And mm -hmm. curing and healing is only done by the body and by spirit maybe if you want to look at it that way. But certainly the, the person that's standing there that's working on you or recommending herbs is not, that, and we call ourselves healers in a way, but we're, we're not really doing the healer, the healing, it's the body. We're only facilitators again. Yeah. So herbalists really are facilitators, we're coaches, we encourage people to be healthy and to really look at the root causes. This is probably what I'm most talking about nowadays is that even herbal medicine, even herbs, are really a lot of it is about symptomatic, you know, and which is fine. We don't want a headache, we don't want the aches and pains, we don't want the digestive upset and all that. So yes, uh, or if you get a cold, that's an acute condition. We take elecampane to get rid of the phlegm. We might take uh, elder, elder syrup, elderberry syrup as an antiviral. You know, we might use andrographis as an antiviral. So we have all these herbs and that's great. But, but we have to look, start really thinking about what are the root causes. Like if we have depression and anxiety, yes, you can go take a drug. You can go take St. John's wort. You can take even psilocybin, but why? Why is this happening? What are the root causes? And we, we want to open up, open that up, 
when we're ready, when we're called to do the work, we're ready, we open that up, and that's where ayahuasca ceremony comes in, that's where psilocybin ceremony comes in, and meditation, and, and really going inside and know thyself. Yeah. And so um, that's my main message today, is really look for the deeper aspects of, of healing. Do you have anything you'd like to shout out or where folks can learn more about your work? Uh, well, you can go to my website and, si and sign up for my mailing list for my classes, and that's ChristopherHobbs.com. You can follow me on, on Facebook, uh, Dr. Christopher Hobbs. You can follow me on Instagram, which is ChristopherHobbs1. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube, Green Adventures. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. So Well, thank you, Dr. Hobbs, for your time and your wisdom.